Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi! Thanks for joining me for episode 168 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the vacationing social media avoiding, nap-taking, madmen, binge-watching, creatrix behind kick-ass witch, putting the K in magic, and hippie witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back at Blog Talk Radio. This it's the second time I've done this show today because Blog Talk Radio did not record my first attempt, <laughs> uh, which is fine. I can do it again. I can do it again. I really don't mind. Um, and I want to thank Nicole for donating to the podcast while I was gone. I was gone for three weeks. I uh, felt even longer today when I was scheduling this show and I saw the last time I had a show, it was the end of June. So thank you, Nicole, for helping continue my troubled relationship with Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> and I also want to thank, it's very hard for some people to figure out how to leave a review for me on iTunes. I ask people to do that because it helps other people find the show. Come to find out, it's not as hard as I thought it was, though, or as hard as some of you thought it was. All you have to do is go to the iTunes store. So thank you to those of you who have figured it out and then told me how to do it. <laughs> um, but I really want to thank three people who left me reviews during this hiatus as well. Um, good reviews, five-star reviews with lots of nice compliments. Thank you so much, Gwendolyn, Maria, and Beelzebub. <laughs> That's right, people. Bill Zabub himself listens to my podcast, and he loves it. He gave me five stars. <laughs> of course he does. Of course he does, right? And I also, while I'm thanking people, I sent out a newsletter. I sent out a survey in my newsletter late last night before I went to bed because I am going to be making some big changes. The hiatus for me was not very relaxing. I have to say, if you read my newsletter, you've kind of followed along with that because I did send out my regular newsletters. But um, toward the end of it, finally, it was illuminating. And I realized I'm going to make some changes, some big sweeping changes to my biz. Um, But I have to know what you all think, because to me, this is a relationship. This is not masturbation. (laughs) This is about me being of service to you all. So I'm like, I need to ask them what they want before I make any big changes. So I sent out a survey and a whole bunch of you right away, late at night and first thing in the morning filled out the survey. And I know many of you haven't even opened that newsletter yet. So thank you for that. It already has been massively insightful. You start to, when you send out these surveys, you start to see themes emerge. 
Not everybody agrees, but in general, most people tend to agree. So you help me get a lot of clarity on the direction I want to take with all of this. And I will get into that another time. But um, my newsletters are special. They are letters to my people. I don't post them anywhere else. It's just for people who let me into their inbox. So that's the real opinion that I want. <laughs> I want the people, you know, where we have that next layer of trust going on. I want to know what you all think. So if you're subscribed to my newsletter and you haven't opened it yet, I would totally appreciate you checking that out. If you feel like it, if you want to help co-create Hippie Witch or Kick-Ass Witch or whatever aspect of this biz you like. Um, and I think a lot of the changes are coming about because what I do here is weird. Sharing my spiritual path especially one so polarizing with the public, you know, and my spiritual path is, it's personal. And in sharing it, I realize we have a lot in common, um, but it, I can't talk about it. I can't separate the personal out and share what I want to share as authentically as I want to share. So I'm wanting to go deeper now and I'm thinking about how can I go deeper? How can I Go deeper with the people who want to actually have a relationship with me. So that's what that's all about. Um, but as for today's show, what did I call it? Using the tools of magic. Looking up in the back of my skull to try to remember this. <laughs> Using the tools of magic to create your life every day. Something like that. So if you read my newsletters or watch my videos or listen to this podcast with any kind of regularity, you have probably noticed that I talk a lot about the power of now, which is really just about your place of power. How your place of power is in the now. Your power to create your life. It's not in the past. It's not in the present. It is right now. This is the place where magic lives. If you haven't read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, and I think probably most of you have, but if you haven't, I recommend checking it out because he lays out what the power of now is so perfectly, just beautifully in that book. It's not a new concept, but he made it new again, however many years ago, with the help of one Miss Oprah Winfrey. And I think that the timing of that book release was impeccable because it was right as the internet was starting to take over all our lives. <laughs> and, and we live in a culture that, continually invites us to escape our reality, which I know some people mistake ma magic for. They think it's an escape or that those of us that practice magic live in a fantasy world, but it's actually the opposite. If you're doing it right, in my opinion, it's the opposite. It's not about escaping into a world of wands and wizards and dragons and daydreams and fantasies. It's about having the courage to make the life you are living now into a living, breathing co-creation of your own design, a work of art, a work of magic. And that can only be done in the present moment, one moment at a time. So lately I've been looking at this old spiritual standby, which I love, the power of now, but I've been looking at it from the perspective of deliberate creation or magic or the law of attraction or however you want to look at that whatever we're talking about here week after week. <laughs> um, and I've been playing around with 
a revised idea of that old saying, the journey is the destination. I actually used to have that painted on the wall of my dining room in my old apartment, which was really my office in my old apartment. And um, I loved it. I still kind of like it, but I think, I'm not sure. I think I was listening to an Abraham Hicks video or recording or scanning some, I know it was Abraham Hicks. And um, just in passing, she, he, they said, the journey is the creation. And that was not the subject, but it was just this little in passing sentence that jumped out and grabbed me by the lapels and shook me to the core. And that is when I started obsessing on the journey is the creation. You know, I'm writing it almost every day across the top of the page of that day's day planner. I created a vision board that I shared with you all in the newsletter that across the top of it, it says the journey is the creation. I've talked about it here, there, and everywhere, but apparently I'm not done with it. So if you are, <laughs> I apologize because I'm going to talk about it more now. And really what brought it back around for me, it's something I'm working with daily for one. So it never really left. Ever since I've heard it, it's become, it's just powerful. Something about it really electrified me. The journey is the creation. This day is the creation. Your life is the creation. This moment is the creation. And I guess as an artsy, creative person, that's exciting to me. It brings me into my power to create or to co-create my own life. And the co, for those of you who don't know, the co is God, source, universe, that mysterious X factor that fucks up your best laid plans. <laughs> you got to make room for the co. And I think you have to look at the co as a form of guidance and get in alignment with that. So that's why I say co-creation. But what brought me back around to wanting to actually talk about this again was a trip I just took to Vegas with my mom and my sister and my aunt Bonnie. Uh, I was rooming with my sister. So we were sharing a room in Vegas in the Flamingo and uh, <laughs> as I was packing up, I looked at my nightstand, and my nightstand is basically my altar. I've got a statue of Athena there. I've got my candles and my oils and my crystals and my feathers and my favorite deck of tarot cards, and it's a real hub for me spiritually because I sit at the altar in bed facing my nightstand, basically. I sit there at night. I have my little grounding rituals that I do, you know, setting intentions, all that good stuff. And then in, in the morning, and I've got this whole routine. And usually when I travel, I bring some favorite crystals and my tarot cards at the very least with me, usually in oil too. Um, but I was looking at it all and I'm like, if, I, if my sister sees one crystal or one tarot card it is going to be not fun. <laughs> She's just going to come at me, you know, like just start picking at me like little sisters do with jajillion questions. She's, she's Christian and she thinks all that stuff is crazy. Um, so I decided to leave it at home, which was unusual. I never do that, but I don't typically travel with my very, very Christian family. So it was a special thing that I was doing. So I left it all at home. And then I realized once I got to Vegas that I didn't need it. Because something about being in a new and unusual environment 
totally kept me in the now. It kept me present to what is, and it kept me present to, you know, I didn't have all of my daily responsibilities. I didn't have to get up and empty the litter box and let the cats out and give them water and make my son breakfast and brush his hair and blah, 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 pack his lunch. (laughs) I didn't have to do all of that. So I really had this sense of like, whoo, this day is my creation. And I realized I didn't need all those little tools. Um, But then I was thinking about how back in my regular life, I do, I do, and so many of us do. So that's why today's topic is using the tools of magic, you know, to create your life every day, to make sure that the journey is a conscious, deliberate creation. And witchy people do this. I mean, this is why I love the witchy stuff. You know, we do it all the time. We We do it in big ways by ritualizing life's rites of passages in groups, for example, or um, maybe just by honoring the changing seasons at home alone, taking time every six weeks to do that, which I will talk about more toward the end of the show, but I am saving that for last in case I get rambling here like I tend to do and run out of time because I want to talk about a variety of things and not just that. That happens to be one of my favorite magical spiritual touchstones but there are many other daily things that I think are helpful so touchstones that's what I think of when I think of the tools of magic something I happen to think that simple acts of magic or witching on the go that it's that that's the best kind of magic for a modern everyday kind of person who can't walk around with a, you know, a wand and an athame and a bowling and a cauldron and all these herbs and all that's, that's not reality. That's Instagram. (laughs) I think that simple daily acts of magic are the best kind of magic for grounding back into yourself because you're not getting all caught up in your head with, you know, what chant you need to say and what direction you need to stand in and what God is appropriate for calling in for this particular desire. I think all that stuff has its place and is powerful, especially if you love it. But I'm talking about creating your life every single day when you're in the midst of a busy job, when you're stuck in traffic, when you're in the grocery store and your three kids have snot rolling down their face because they're all sick And you only have 20 bucks in your pocket to buy the family groceries and blah, 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 blah. That I'm talking about magic that gets you through those moments when you don't have time to be like, hold up, everybody. I'm laying out my altar cloth and lighting some candles. Can we dim the lights? (laughs) Um, So I would say for me, one of the first things that comes to mind is just an oil. I like oils because I think that the sense of smell is really powerful. So I recommend finding an oil that speaks to you. One that find very relaxing. I've recommended this many times, but I'm going to keep recommending it because it's powerful. Use the same oil again and again and again to get into a meditative state. And then it creates a Pavlovian effect to where after you've done it for a while, every time you bring it out, it immediately helps get you into that alpha state that state where instant magic lives. So you can like keep it in your purse and rub it on your hands or keep it in your pocket. Don't keep it in your car because it'll go rancid, but keep it on hand in your desk at work or something and just use it throughout the day. When you find yourself starting to spin out, you're losing your connection to the now you're stuck in the past. You're projecting into the future. You're not present to what is, which means you're losing power by the second. 
So when you want to call your power back to you, that's an amazing way. I think something that you can do if you're at home um, or maybe you want to keep one in your desk, just grab a candle, a basic candle. It doesn't matter what color. It doesn't matter. You know, it, just, it just matters that it's a candle and it's yours and you like it. Grab a candle that speaks to you and give yourself a moment. Um, if, you ha if you're working with an oil, take that oil and dress the candle. That just means you're rubbing the coat the oil on the wax of the candle. It's very kind of sexual looking when you start using killer candles. <laughs> Don't know why I mentioned it. Just thought I would. Um, but, you know, dress the candle, rub the oil into the candle. It's very relaxing. Actually, I'm joking about the sexuality of it, but, but sensuality is very relaxing. It can get you into an alpha state. So rub that candle. <laughs> with that oil or carve something and intention into it if you want. But the point is just have a little moment of sensuality where you're like, oh, I'm coming back to myself now. And then you can light the, light the candle and then simply gaze into the flame and just be there with the flame, be there with the fire for a minute and just watch and let that bring you back into the present. Watch the little dance that the flame is doing. You can say prayers. You can set intentions. But the main point is just to have one little moment where you step outside of the crazy stuff going on in your head or your life. And you're just like, ah, okay, here I am. Be here now. <laughs> Be here now. Earth Power by Scott Cunningham. I mention it a lot. I did a book nerd post on it. It's my favorite book for really simple spell work like that. Little ways, practical ways for connecting with nature in the name of magic. His, this book is about nature specifically, and there's lots of different kinds of magic you can do that, that's not working with nature. But this book is about working with the wind or the water or the sun or the dirt. Really simple things. And I think people underestimate simplicity. I think a lot of us mistake advanced practices for being more powerful. And that is not necessarily true. Anybody who understands beginner's luck knows that's not true. There is power in naiv naivety. Um, and a great example of this that comes to mind is I have gotten so into astrology, which is dangerous for an air sign like myself, because hours can go by where I am Googling one particular aspect or I have my nose in a book and I'm like flipping through like, oh, making all these connections. And I'm really kind of losing my life in that moment. Not that I'm saying I shouldn't do that. I think there's a place for it. But when time starts getting really far away from you and like three hours have gone by where you're studying how this aspect is going to affect your life, I feel like maybe you're forgetting to actually live your life. <laughs> um, so advanced isn't necessarily better because someone who just started working with the phases of the moon, it just has that most basic understanding that, okay, I set intentions you know, when, when the moon is new and then they come to fruition at the full moon and then I do releasing at the dark moon, that kind of basic simplicity can be extraordinarily powerful. So I'm a fan of simple, K-I-S-S, kids, keep it simple, sweetie. Uh, and then there's other things. I know a lot of people want me to talk about magic as in like witchcraft. 
But I also know that from that survey, most of you aren't witches. Ha, there you go. Something I've learned <laughs> by studying the survey results so far. A lot of you just listed yourself as um, free spirits and spiritual seekers, which I totally relate to. Yes, uh, I understand that. And I think that we're vibing each other because I like a really practical kind of magic. I like a psycho-spiritual approach. I like witching on the go. I like things that work for your everyday life. And I think that's magic. I know some people would disagree with me, but that's the way I see it. So something I think is an amazing thing to do, I recommend this to my coaching clients all the time, is to have a ritual that you do. And it could change seasonally, which you'll see in a second. Um, I'll give you an example. I have a ritual that you do when you're coming home from work and then you're going home to your family, for example, even if it's a family of pets or it's just your boyfriend, or even if you live home alone, something that differentiates the work day from the home day, from taking a rest uh, for your nightly hiatus, speaking of hiatuses, especially if you have a stressful job. So this could be as simple as just taking off your shoes and slipping into a pair of slippers. Um, I'd mentioned seasonally, if it's really hot where you live, you might want to, if you have a swimming pool in your backyard or a kiddie pool, kick off your shoes, roll up your jeans and stick your feet in the water for a moment. And then you can, you can incorporate magic and say, you know, you're releasing the day's stresses into the water you're letting it go, feel the coolness of the water on your feet, take a couple of cleansing breaths, and then you go inside transformed. A lot of people make this transition from work to home intuitively. Many, many, many people do this where they just they come right in, they take a shower, and they change their clothes. If you are like a stay-at-home parent, <laughs> please do not bombard your partner when they walk in the door from work with how your day went blah 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 this bill came in the mail like give them a moment to transition so that they can come at you as their best full need transitional space so if you have a partner that works from home or if you have a partner that works outside the home and you stay home all day or you just beat them home <laughs> make sure you give them that space and taking a shower again you can do that with intention it might, you might just want to change your clothes. I love that Oprah Winfrey, she had her own little wardrobe, special wardrobe of clothes for, she called them her after school clothes. <laughs> and I thought that was so cute because you know that woman, especially when she was doing um, her TV show, What a Busy Life, you know, and to have her after school clothes that she slipped into when she came home. I think that is so powerful. Um, it's interesting, too, to consider the wide variety of yoga postures and flavors of breath work that we have at our disposal for grounding and centering ourselves or relaxing or raising energy. Um, there's like a whole smorgasbord, smorgasbord. How do you say that word? Smorgasbord. <laughs> there's a whole variety of yoga postures and breaths that we can use for these purposes too. Mudras. I've talked about mudras so many times. You probably are rolling your eyes at me, but I have a mudra I use. It's a little hand gesture. I can't show it to you because this is audio, but I, I push my pointer finger and my thumb together. And it's kind of like the oil. You use the same mudra again and again and again to program your brain into slipping into alpha state. So you can do it at will when things start to get hairy and you need to come back 
to the present moment, your place of power, the place where magic happens, um, or even all of these law of attraction processes that we have now, like focus wheels and scripting and vision boards. Abraham Hicks is full of ideas like this. Um, if that's how you like your magic, there's a whole variety of things there too that you can pick from. Um, there, there are too many magical techniques <laughs> for, for creating your journey and for keeping yourself in the power of now. And I think that the trick is kind of like I was saying with um, the astrology is that just make sure it doesn't get too like analytical and you're slipping up into your head or it doesn't become like too regimented to where it's joyless. As long as it's pleasurable, and believe me, you can change it up anytime you feel like it. Sometimes things are pleasurable and then they kind of lose, they lose their mojo and you have to pick something else, which is a pleasure. It's fun to create new rituals like that for yourself. So um, it's all good. So as long as it's pleasurable, as long as it's something that brings you back to the reality that you are creating your own personal journey, it is legit. Um, I recently found Lisa Frank stickers at the Dollar Tree. And I know that the women listening right now are going, yeah, Lisa Frank. <laughs> so I bought this, these Lisa Frank stickers. They're very girly, psychedelic, childish stickers. And I bought this like sticker book. It was just three or four pages of stickers at the Dollar Tree. And I started putting a sticker or two or three or four across the top of um, the page that I was working with my day planner each day. And I noticed it was having an awesome effect on me. It was making my life more fun. It was making planning my day more fun. And it was making me pick up my day planner more often to where I was referring it more, more and more, referring to it more and more throughout the day. And I was like, ooh, there's magic in those Lisa Frank stickers. For me, anyway. So I actually took my mom on a wild goose chase through Bakersfield to the different Dollar Trees. It wasn't a wild goose chase. It was very productive and successful um, to find more Lisa Frank sticker books, which I did. And my mom was like, what is Lisa Frank? And I showed her the stickers once we found them. She's like, I have never seen that before. And then we got in line and the checkout girl was like, oh, oh my God, Lisa Frank stickers. I love Lisa Frank. Oh. And then two other women that worked there chimed in and they were like, Lisa Frank. <laughs> I was like, see mom, it's a thing. <laughs> Um, but for me, that's magic because it changed the way I feel. You know, if magic is creating a change in consciousness in alignment with your will uh, and Lisa Frank stickers do that for me, hey, I won't discriminate. <laughs> it's all good to me. This morning, I didn't read it, but um, there's a Hay House newsletter in my inbox called Tips to Help You Bring Joy Back to Eating. <laughs> And that cracked me up. Uh, it reminded me of like, you know, the joy of sex and all these manuals we have for keeping the love alive. Because we forget. We forget. Where did the joy go? Where did the joy in eating a gorgeous, juicy piece of watermelon, where did that go? <laughs> where did the joy in having sex Go, for goodness sake, you know, or the love that we have for someone we've been with for many, many years. Um, I was thinking about this in Vegas, too, uh, before I got that Hay House newsletter, and I was thinking, we don't need any 
of this stuff. We don't need the crystals. We don't need the tarot cards. We don't need the oils. We don't need the mudras. We need none of it. And there are people actually who don't have any of it, who stay very connected to the now just naturally and more power to you. If you're one of those people for the rest of us, I think that the programming of our childhoods or the traumas that we've experienced in our lives or little addictions uh, that have gotten their hooks into us, they take us out of the now all of the time. And so that is why magic can be so powerful. Um, we don't need these things until we do. And that's because they get us back to who we are. They remind us of who we were when we originally came into this incarnation, before all of the programs of our culture and our family were put into place, and before they began to take us out of our place of power, before they began to take us away from our magic, away from the power of now, and thrust us into worries about the future or regrets about the past. So magic like this, witching on the go, everyday acts of magic, it reminds us of who we are. We are creative beings and we are each and every day, whether we are doing it intentionally or not, we are creating our own lives. Um, something that I just took note of recently, I'm, I've always got a million things I'm interested in. <laughs> and in some years I kind of just dig deeper into like this year is so much about astrology, but also feng shui, uh, I did quite a bit of it last year, and then I'm doing it again this year, the last month or two, especially during the hiatus, just feng shui, feng shui, feng shui, feng shui. <laughs> so fun to say feng shui, but in feng shui, it's the art of arranging your home to keep energy flowing, if you don't know. And um, one of the main things that you work with in feng shui is something called a bagua, which is basically a map. It's a map of your home or a map of a room, and it's divided into sections. And one of the sections is, I love that this, it's creativity and children, both. So that section of your home represents creativity and children. And I was kind of meditating on that and thinking, you know, it's, yes, fine, it represents your children if you're a parent, but it really represents to me your inner child which I love that it's paired with creativity for that reason, because we're all creative. We all create our own realities that way. And our inner child knows how to do that. They know how to play. They know how to make art and magic of their own realities. And I love that you could set up an area of your home that is devoted to making sure that you can touch base with that inner child on a regular basis. Paint that room a color that brings out your inner child. You know, put little things in place that remind you of like, oh, my God, yes. This day is my creation. My, I'm a nerd. I know. I know this about myself. <laughs> but you can't talk back right now. So I'm just going to nerd on. I'm just going to nerd on. And, and, and here's the really exciting thing. I just realized, because you all have been supporting me by donating to the podcast, I can talk longer than 30 minutes. <laughs> and I've been scheduling the shows for 30 minutes and letting that blog talk lady blog talk radio robot lady talk me off when I'm in the middle of a sentence and I'm like dude I'm just gonna schedule it for 45 minutes and talk past that 30 minute moment and I am doing that right now it just switched to 1 31 p.m. Woo -hoo! there's a first time for everything people <laughs> 
I'll, I'll wrap it up though anyway, because I'm trying to stay around the 30 minute mark. One of my favorite ways to stay in the now, to stay in my place of honor, honor, to stay in my place of power and to really honor this whole idea that the journey is the creation is to simply follow the wheel of the year, which is witchy, but it doesn't have to be. My mom, who you probably know by now, is as Christian as Christian gets. She really demonstrated the power of the seasons to me first, long before I got into anything witchy. And our home growing up was an ever-rotating reflection and celebration of the changing seasons and holidays, the Christian holidays, obviously, but this was all reflected in the changing of the decor, which is always like a big moment. You know, she'd take like a whole day or a whole weekend, you know, and she'd just get it all done. And it was very dramatic. She's very creative that way, speaking of creativity. And so the food and the sights and the smells and the music and the parties and so much crafting (laughs) would take place depending on what time of year it was. And it was a deeply sensual experience. And the sensual, as I've already mentioned, is perhaps the quickest path back into the now. That's why I think mudras work and scent and touch, you know, think touch is a mudra. I'm repeating myself, but music, things like that, things that engage your senses are an awesome way to come back into your body. That's where the now lives. Get back into your body. Because if you're living in the past or you're living in the future, you're all up in your head and that's not where your magic lives. Of course you need You need the mind to imagine and you need the mind to set intentions and you need the mind to visualize. And that is all very, 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 very important. But you can't live on the mountaintop. You have to come back down into reality to make that magic, to bring it into manifestation, to create your life, you know. So you need to designate times for for the imagining, for the envisioning. But make sure that doesn't like overtake everything, especially if what you're envisioning and imagining are thoughts and creations of fear, which for so many of us, they are. Um, I remember the first year I decided to just follow along with the wheel of the year um, before I'd even committed to any kind of witchy path or before I even started writing things down and like, you know, documenting the wheel of the year I was just watching and listening and paying attention to nature and you know decorating my house a little bit and um, for each turn of the wheel I would do a little something always very informal but nature-based and simple and it's interesting how um, as a witch that started connecting me to my Christian mother and my background Um, It felt so much like coming home for me. And I think in large part, it really was because of my mom and the way she structured our lives around the seasons that way as a kid. And she did not do this intentionally. You know, she wasn't following the Christian wheel of the year. (laughs) It's just what she did because she was excited about the seasons and the holidays. You know, she was just following her bliss. Um, And I really appreciate that about her. But in terms of like witchy people, many witchy types, magical practitioners, they end up either just dropping the wheel of the year altogether because it can be a little archaic sometimes, uh, especially when you first get, if you get like a Wicca 101 book or something, it can be very like, 
how does this apply to my life? I just don't even know. Um, or they end up revising the classic eight-spoked wheel in favor of something that either lines up better with their views on agriculture or history or magic or the local seasons. And I think that is totally fine. You can make the wheel your own. That is what I have done. <laughs> but I personally like very much to honor all eight of those turns because, well, for one, they're approximately six weeks apart, which is just enough time to keep coming back in a big, broad way, just to keep coming back in to check, you know, coming back around to check in with myself that way. And then also for me, it's about following the phases of the sun as larger, more broad stroke energies than following the phases of the moon, which I also do. And um, in a lot of ways, it's a similar concept. So following the phases of the moon is more like the day-to-day-to-day energies. And then following the phases of the sun is more like slower moving, but bigger, deeper, more energetic patterns of your life. And I think both are valuable. I enjoy working with both anyway. Um, And then in both models, you know, there's a time for planting seeds of intention. And then there's a time for nurturing those seeds and ushering new growth. And then after that, there's a time when those intentions come to fruition and we celebrate the harvest of our lives, so to speak, or not. Sometimes our intentions die on the vine um, around Samhain or the time of the dark moon. And that final quarter is a time for processing that, the death and the rebirth phase of the cycle. And then we plant new seeds again and the cycle continues evolving in an ever expanding spiral. And that is a kind of magic that I love working with because it brings me, again, as I'm talking about today, into the power of now. It's like, oh, what's going on now? Where's the sun now? How does that make me feel? Um, And, of course, that's just four cycles marked by the two equinoxes and the two solstices, what I just outlined there. But for me, it's an eight-spoked wheel, so to speak, because the other four spokes, the other four turns come in when you start to recognize the transitions between seasons. So I was talking about transitioning, you know, from like work to home life earlier. It's kind of like that. So um, recognizing the transitions between seasons and then working with that in a mindful way is something that has been so helpful to me. And those transitions, they're filled with grace for me. I know it's different for everyone, but that's how I experience it. And they're all about like easing our way into each new phase and meeting the upcoming season, feeling grounded and at peace with the passage of time. Like basically not having that moment where you're like, where did the summer go? Where did the time go? What just happened? How is it another school year? It's about being present to the now, being present to what is so you don't have that weird moment of like what just happened (laughs) that weird time warp moment you know like can you believe how fast this year is going by um and that's why the wheel that I created for myself I just worked with this wheel for myself for a while it was still the eight spokes but it was just based on the phases of the sun and this psycho spiritual approach that I like to take and now I've been sharing it publicly for years That's why it honors eight turns. And that is why it is called the craziest, longest name ever, ever, ever. (laughs) The psycho-spiritual wheel of the year. It is not about the weather. 
It's not about goddess mythology, although it can be about both those things if you want it to be, but really it's about the place where the psychological and the spiritual touch and like taking cues from nature so you can do that kind of work and regular bringing ourselves back to that place again and again and again, using whatever magic and creativity we have at our disposal. It's just so customizable. And um, you know, what's funny last year I said, I am getting off the wheel. This is the last year I'm going around. And I had a lot of people actually complain like, no, why are you doing that? Don't stop. And I get emails still to this day, every once in a while, people asking me like, well, how much longer is, is this going? I have changed my mind because of you, because I listen, it's going to keep going. I've been automating it so people can sign on whenever they want. I will still add you to the private Facebook group because we're carrying on there and you can do whatever module you feel like when it speaks to you, whenever it will be up. I don't want to say forever because forever is a very long time, but for as long as I can see into the future as it stands right now. <laughs> so I've just been slowly moving those over to Gumroad. The reason I was trying to end it is because I had to manually send them to each person and it was time consuming and I wanted to move on to other projects that way. Um, but now that I have it automated and you just get it right away when you sign up, it's easier for you. It's easier for me. So it's just going to go on indefinitely people. And I'm very happy about that. Um, so if you want to do the autumn transition module, that is about transitioning from summer into fall. And that just went up while I was on hiatus. And there's a link to that in the description page for this episode back at blog talk radio, but I am sure that you can find it just as easily by way of Google and, uh, Take that survey if you want to. I would love to hear from you. I would love to answer your questions in that Q&A video or just get your take on where you want to see this whole kick-ass witch slash hippie witch thing. Where do you want to take it with me? Like, let's co-create. Speaking of co-creating, let's co-create this thing together. I'm all ears. My heart is open. I want to hear what you have to say. And until we meet again, much love to you.